Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F-I-V-E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Welcome to 3 Yards Per Caddy, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. It's me, Simon Clancy, here with Alfredo Artiaga and Chris Kaufman. As always, we flipped the switch a little bit because Alf has obviously been at camp. We have football, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get to football and everything that happened in camp today and some Xavier and Howard chat, don't forget this show is brought to you by Manscaped, which means that essentially if you've got hairy testicles, you need to get rid of them because nobody wants to wander around looking like David Koresh. Do you remember David Koresh? I do remember David Koresh. Yeah. 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 Well, nobody wants to look like David Koresh. I've never, I've never had balls compared to David Koresh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're still young, Chris, so there's, you know, every chance. <laughs> Although I say that, isn't, isn't there a big birthday coming up soon? Uh, no, it already happened. Oh, it's already happened. Yeah, it's of course already it happened. Yeah. Of course it has. Well, I'm not, I'm not at liberty to say what, but I mean, that's, downhill that's, from here, buddy. Once you get to it, 60. it really is, it really is. Uh, you don't sound like a 60 year old. <laughs> oh, no, not, not at all. I mean, I keep my uh, voice young, I don't well, keep the rest of my body young. Well, you see, if you had a manscaped, you know, kit set up, ball toner, that beautiful mm-hmm. smelling stuff that you know, I mean, you, they could make potpourri of that beautiful smelling stuff. Um, <laughs> the, you, the, the ball deodorant, ball deodorant, you get yourself a lawnmower 3.0. 20% off, obviously, using the 5RSN code. You, you never know where you might end up. And uh, full disclosure, I did use the ball deodorant today to go to, to, go to camp today because it is... I mean, it's why wouldn't you? too hot. It's, it's almost... It's unbearable. Thank God we have a roof over our heads there. I think... What, what's the new facility like? It's beautiful. It's a is beautiful it? thing, but it's very practical. Like, don't expect... I think architecturally wise, uh, I, I think the one in Davie was probably prettier. This is just massive and practical, and I guess befitting a professional sports team. Like it's giant. Right. Look really, really comfortable for the players. For the media, not Bef- so much. Befitting indeed. I mean, I, I'm interested there just on your, um, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright here, fucking Mr. Architecture. I mean, well, it is my know. background, Simon. It's the only thing I've ever worked in my entire life, you know? Wow. I never wow. knew you were. I, I mean, we should contact the Smithsonian and see whether we can get a sponsorship or like the Guggenheim or something. I mean, uh, the designer is actually very modern Miami chic. Okay. Not Mediterranean like the one in Davie. All right. I like more classic designs. 
And is it like it's by the stadium, isn't it? Right on the stadium grounds. Like yeah, you could get, you could technically walk from the practice field to the stadium. Don't get lost around there, people. I made that terrible mistake, ended up in Liberty City, almost got killed. I mean, I didn't almost get killed. That's not strictly true, but I could easily have got killed. We ended up, I'll just digress very quickly before we get into this. Um, I once stayed uh, for a Dolphins Monday night game against the Bills, which the Dolphins lost. Uh, Doug Flutie against Dan Marino. And we went to our hotel, which was a Holiday Inn. And there was a sign on the door that said, do not open the door after 10 p.m., no matter who it is. Uh, and then when I went down to reception, the guy said, have you got everything out of your car? And I said, yeah. And he said, good, don't go back to the car park at any point as soon as it gets dark. And I was like, where have we come? <laughs> but Beirut? This is Miami. I mean, that tells you everything you need to know about that area. I so, think I think I think we take Beirut over certain areas of Miami. Yeah, probably true. Probably true. Anyway, let's get into it. We'll talk Xavier Howard in a little bit, but he was at camp. He showed up on the first day, as did the entire majority of the team, Ian Eichenberg signed his contract as well so he is there as um we found out what the uh what the art critic thinks of the new building what was actually going on on the field out how did the team look overall what sense did you get i mean it's install day so you know nothing too exotic but how did it feel what was the atmosphere like you know well we quickly found out that there's four guys on the pup list on the physically unable to perform list and oddly enough, DJ Fluker, I guess, because uh, it's everybody's saying it's not injury related, it's conditioning related. I guess all those pictures didn't mean anything, huh? Uh, those pictures we kept retweeting all the time of him being in excellent shape. He was on the pup. Uh, Devontae Parker was on the pup. Uh, insert your jokes right here. And Landon Roberts, which is understandable that he's on the pup. And, of course, Preston Williams with his never-ending foot injury. I have no idea what happened to his foot. Evidently, it had to have been pretty bad because it's been months and months I love and months. I love how you started with DJ Fluker, who's become your new Kalen Balazs. Yes, that's, that's, my new guy. that's my guy. That's my That's my guy. He should be starting week one, right tackle. Instead of inserting a joke, I think we should insert new hamstrings for Devontae Parker. I mean, yeah. that's just... Yeah, no, Absolutely. Look, the big question, the big question everybody wants to know, Alf, is how did Tua look? Uh, Omar Kelly has literally in the last 44 seconds just tweeted. And for the record, every single media member is privately talking about how mentally weak this fan base is when it comes to Tua. We've dealt with this before, but it's on a whole different level now. Scary stuff. This also combined with Alan Poupar um, going for a clickbait central where he said, I know it's very, very, very early, but Tua doesn't look very good tweet. He tweeted uh, that out at 11.47 by my yeah. clock, and I could check it because I have notes. It was seven minutes into 11 by 11 install, which means that they had run maybe eight plays. It's pretty weak I mean, stuff. I, it? I mean, how much do you really need to see before you can make the conclusion? I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, we should be done, right? I mean, it's pretty weak stuff, though, isn't it? I mean, in all seriousness, it's... You know. Well, I was at Tua's first ever practice, and he had thrown maybe... 15 NFL passes on an NFL field. And there were some, and I, I'm not going to say their names, but there were some saying, eh, doesn't look all that special for fifth overall quarterback. And I'm thinking to myself, wow, like, like what does special look? Like, what, is, what does it look like? That's why I tweeted out earlier today, Tua completed a pass that traveled 55 to 61 yards 
in the air to Albert Wilson. That play got nitpicked as being slightly underthrown and slightly behind Albert Wilson. It got completed, folks, for a 65-yard touchdown, okay? I tweeted out today, Marino throws that, makes that throw. Everybody's talking about his arm strength. Brady makes that throw. Everybody's talking about he's the GOAT. Mahomes makes that, that throw, and Chris is putting out little, the little I hearts for the little emojis with the, you know, the, little, the little man with the little hearts in his eyes. I, I do that anyway. Tua I mean, he, doesn't really, he doesn't really have to do anything, and I'll do that. Okay. But Tua makes that throw. You know, I'm not making anything up. Go look at the Pro Football Focus tweet of that throw. It's hundreds of tweets criticizing it and calling him a bust and calling it a duck and that it was an ugly spiral. Here's like, a question. Do you think we're too sensitive? No. We're not, you can't be uh, – it's like, okay, it's like the you, old, set, the old saying. You do you think we're biased? Yes, we are biased because we're Dolphin fans, and we want him to succeed. He was taken fifth overall, and we liked him as a prospect. So, but no, Of course, but that wasn't, that's not the question, though. The question is, do you think we are biased, as in we do not always see the wood for the trees because we're so desperate for him to succeed because we all loved him in college. We all think he's a great guy. Do you think we are biased because of that? Uh, no, because I remember this podcast being pretty down on him after that Denver game. And Chris, what do you think? I think we're biased towards well. If there's if there's a bias, uh, it's it's away from the natural inclination that everybody has in the NFL, and this includes us, uh, to jump to these conclusions very quickly and just you know see a couple of things and okay, that's what this guy is, and and that's it. And we do this across the NFL with other teams, and you know to be fair. We're Dolphins fans. We might look at this guy on this other team and be like, okay, and you know that we've got it. And um, and so when people do that to our guy and it's not good, then we're like, hold up, hold up. We got to see it all, you know. So um, so I, I think we're biased in that way, you know. And, and but at the same time, we are not unreasonable. That and that's that's a difference. There's a difference between that, um, in my opinion. And I think that that's. That's kind of, you know, we may be quick to jump on every other player in the NFL across all these other teams and, you know, even some of the Dolphins um, that we don't particularly care about. But then, like, when it comes to Tua, we're like, oh, no, we have to wait until all the evidence is in, <laughs> you know. Oh. And, and I think that that's, that, that is that is bias, but it's, it, it's not without reason. What, Alf, did you think offensively in terms of – um, the line, for example, in terms of the skill positions, what, what did you always sort of, you know, day one abiding footnotes, cliff notes from, from what you saw on the offense? I think that the offensive line, the word is unsettled. I guess by Saturday and more importantly by Tuesday when they put pads on, we'll have a better idea. Too many guys playing too many different positions. All we know is, you know, the obvious ones. Hunt at right guard, Matt Skura at center. Austin Jackson, a left tackle. Everything else is in flux. And I'm not breaking any news here. This is Those are positions that they either played last year or have been announced that they're going to play. Jalen Waddle. Was Liam Eikenberg on the field at any stage? He played. He played some. He did not play what you would call a lot of snaps. Right. He's going to have to work his way up into what we expect him to do. Yeah. Yeah. What about the skill position? He played tackle. Oh, Interesting. Interesting. On the left or the right side, or can you not right say side? That? He, I, I okay. can say that he played right side. 
Interesting. Interesting. And then from the top, I suppose, receivers. I mean, it's such a packed group. We talked about it for three or four weeks now in terms of, you know, there's 10 or 12 guys there. I mean, it seemed like Robert Foster had a good day. Um, but obviously, all eyes or a lot of eyes on Jalen Waddle. How did um, how did Waddle look? Oh, Waddle looks uh, as advertised. Uh, you keep hearing about guys that are fast, but until you see them at field level, you know, it, it, it's different. It just is. And I made a remark, and I don't think it's hyperbole, and I said it on my, on my camp notes. I don't remember a guy being this fast, field level fast, since Mar- on this team. Since he's who, that, sorry? Uh, since Mark Duper. Oh, okay. You know, he is that fast. Like, it's different. Like you, see some, like, you see it, and you're like, okay, I heard he was fast. This is fast. Faster than right. Jakeem Grant, fastest on the team, really. And uh, as far as Robert Foster, noticeable athlete. I thought he was, he's bigger than what he looked like when he was in Buffalo. And one ominous note, uh, Will Fuller did leave practice early, but he left under his own, under his own power. So I guess we'll see tomorrow what, what's going on with him. I mean, Will Fuller getting hurt, Chris, is kind of about as shocking as Devontae Parker getting hurt. I mean, or Preston Williams, or um, Preston Williams. <laughs> not practicing. Yeah, uh, I mean, this is we're going to have to live. This. We're going to have to live with this, aren't we? Yeah, this is the problem with this receiver group, though, isn't it? And you know, realistically, there are you know some pretty significant question marks over the health of some of them. You know, I, I wonder though, because because we have this, uh, we have the magnifying glass on the ant hill that is uh, Tua Tonga Vailoa with you know every single thing that he does. Um, but I mean, I wonder if the, the really the story of that uh, that pass that you know oh the, oh that was a duck or that was you know underthrown or that was you know whatever is the story of that pass Albert Wilson because you know he's been he's been pretty good you know, or so, so we hear, um, mm-hmm. throughout the, uh, the off season and the mini camps and, and stuff like that. And sure enough, he goes into training camp today and between Devonte Parker being out, Preston Williams being out, uh, Will Fuller leaving practice a little bit early. I mean, I'm sure he got his, his shot and we know that he is up there on the depth chart. Uh, I think, um, so are, are we, are we kind of missing the story because we're just, you know, if today obsessed. is any indication, Albert Wilson is going to get about 70 targets this year because he was all over the place and yeah. getting as many snaps as, as you can get. And with Tua, because they did, the, they did something that was really interesting and I thought is a, is a great idea, which is that they split practice, ones versus twos, twos versus ones. Tua was going against the second team defense, but he got to work with the same people all the time. And I thought that was a great idea. One guy you saw with him all the time was Albert Wilson. So, you know, maybe we're missing the boat on him. And maybe predictions of him getting cut were a little bit premature. And maybe he's kind of a lock. At least he's starting camp as a lock. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who, who said he was going to get cut? I just want to let's just make that clear. Us two idiots. You were the one, one of us. Gonna, yeah, yeah you said you. he was going to make Thank the team. You. I, I think want to clear that up. Yeah, yeah. That's a, I've got a spreadsheet here that says Simon did it. Yeah, of course you did. Of course you did. It's like the butler did it. It's like the butler did it. Let's flip to the other side of the ball. And one guy that I know that all three of us are very keen to see a lot more of, notably about as much where he lines up and how he's used. And I know we can't get too deep into that. And if you're just joining the pod and wondering why, the Dolphins have a very strict um, regimen in terms of what the media can and can't report. 
uh, with regards to formations, with regards to which players are playing in which positions, who's doing what, where, etc., etc. Alf obviously sees it, um, but he has to keep it to himself. Otherwise, he might get thrown to the proverbial wolves. Um, in fact, they might even be real wolves. I mean, Stephen Ross invested. I think there's a, a moat. I think there's there a moat. There might be a moat on the other yeah. side of the of the of the practice facility. By the way, yeah. Yeah, and I'm not but kidding. Jack- by the way, there's a canal on the other side <laughs> of the practice facility, so there could be alligators in there. So probably dead bodies in there for sure. I mean, it's near, like I said, it's near Liberty City, so um, you know, it could be anything in there. Um, Jalen Phillips is the guy that I was talking about. Um, you know, it's intriguing to see where he's going to line up. It's intriguing to see where he's going to play. I saw a couple of videos that people posted today who were there, Travis and a couple of other guys, just the explosion when uh, when backpedaling in, in coverage and then just driving towards the ball. He looks, you know, and it's a, it's hour one of day one, but he looks like the explosive athlete that we saw on tape, um, both at UCLA and also obviously at the U last year. What were your impressions, Alf, of, uh, of Jalen Phillips? Well, it's it's what everybody wants to compare him as, you know, and and I put it in my in my notes, and it's crazy to you know this guy's in the Hall of Fame, all right. Jason Taylor is in the Hall of Fame, but you watch a guy like this, long, lean, you know, you can't help but okay, the comparisons have to come. Now, does he have to make the Hall of Fame from here on out for him to be a success? No, okay. There's plenty of successful first round picks that are not in the Hall of Fame, but. That athletic wise, you know, athletic wise, size wise, yeah, it's you know, arrow up, and you got to be excited. Like, you know, it's one thing to see these guys on tape, and I never saw them at the U live. You know, uh, in case you haven't noticed, the Hurricanes haven't been very good for a while, and I don't watch them live, but you hear about him and you watch him on TV, and then you see him in person, and you're like, okay, so that's what the whole league was talking about going in the first round and a guy who's comparable to many of the best pass rushers that have come out in the last 10 years. Okay. Now I'm beginning to see what they saw. Now you need the production. Now that, that's a guy I want to see with pads on Tuesday. And yes, I, I can say he's working as a linebacker. Okay. Chris, what do you, is, if you look at the modern game, uh, Alf obviously talked about Jason Taylor there. If you look at the modern current game, would somebody like an Anthony Barr, for example, be a, uh, uh, comparison potentially to what we think Jalen Phillips's position and role may end up being. You know, I think that he's gonna um, he's gonna be he's gonna be down more than that. Uh, okay, in my opinion down as in um, his I, hand in the ground with hand hand on the hand on the ground. I think he's gonna be uh, he's gonna be on the line of scrimmage and he's gonna be down with hand on the ground a little bit more than than that. I think uh, it's gonna be. Some guys, you know, if you take a Kyle Van Noy or somebody like that, you know, they're just their hand up all the time, right? Um, but I think that he's not going to be that way. I think he's going to be part, you know, part and part. And um, and I've even, you know, seen somewhere that he's talked about um, about how often he's doing either one. And I think that that's that's what we're going to see out of him. Um, you know, and keep in mind when he came out, a lot of people considered him you know, smart football people, they considered him to be, be uh, um, a great uh, defensive end prospect, you know, um, and that they wanted, they wanted him to just focus on that. So, um, so yeah, Anthony Barr just, you know, ended up becoming a really, a good run and hit guy. And in, in addition to, um, to being able to pass rush uh, and didn't he, didn't he play running back? Didn't Anthony yeah, Barr at one point? He did. Or, yeah, he did. He did. He did. Um, 
So I think I think he might be a little bit of a different uh, a different guy altogether. Uh, do you think there's a do you think there's a possibility with our especially on defense with our ability to sort of jack of all trades players that we sometimes focus a little too much on versatility and not enough on the singular thing that they can do. And I suppose the obvious connection is Minka Fitzpatrick. But when you have a player like Jalen Phillips, who could be a devastating pass rusher, remember he was the number one high school player in, in the entire United States with Najee Harris at number two. Um, do you sometimes worry, wonder whether or not, you know, we could follow along a similar path that perhaps we don't get the best out of somebody, you know, we're not getting the, the, the 10 out of 10 for what they can do brilliantly, but maybe we're getting the seven, seven and a half out of 10 for all the other things that they can do. But actually sometimes you just want that 10 out of 10 player. I, I would say so. I think, I, I think the perfect example is Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor was, was, was a great player under Jimmy Johnson. When did he excel? He excelled under Nick Saban. And defense coordinators after Nick Saban that started using him standing up and as a linebacker and in, you know, and in three, four fronts. So yeah, a, a coach can ruin a guy, but I think they're going to try to find some, the things that he does well on this team and the way that they run their defense there, there's going to be some really simple calls for him where he's just going to be light, lined up wide and they're going to try to ensure one-on-one matchups with him and a tackle. And they're just going to tell him, go get the quarterback. And I think he could excel like that because I think simplicity is what you want for a rookie, especially on defense. Mm. One, other, you- one other thing, though, about him, though, is you have to keep in mind because this, this is still going to be – primary pass rush is still going to be um, the Emmanuel Ogba show, I think, um, mm-hmm. as, far as, as far as that role in, in the defense. Um, but, you know, what, what would happen if Ogba can't play? <laughs> you know, if he has to, God forbid, he has to miss a game, you know, and, um, and, and who's, who can play that role? I think that's Jalen Phillips, you know, mm. and that's so, so we're, we're sitting here trying to fit everything into, you know, what he's going to do right, you know, right now with everybody healthy and stuff like, but it's, it's not always just about that. I think that, um, I think that he's, he can fill some, some other shoes. Fewer mm. D8s tweeted today that Benardrick McKinney had restructured his contract. And we'd, we'd known about this for a while, but, the, but Field had the details. But previously had three years left on his, his deal worth up to almost $28 million, including $7.5 million or $7.75 million in 2021. He's now going to earn $3 million in salary in 2021, plus $200,000 in playtime incentives, which doesn't seem like an awful lot, but he will be a free agent after the season in 2022. What... What news of McKinney and what news of this restructure? It creates more than $4 million in cap space. And I think it takes the Dolphins to about eight and a half. And obviously we'll get to a potential reason why that might happen in a minute when we talk about the secondary. But thoughts on Bernardrick McKinney and his fairly major restructure? Yeah, I think uh, he's really, really betting on himself. Uh, if you boil it down, he's essentially paying a million dollars for his freedom at the end of the year. And I guess that's in, in fear of that he might get cut or he could get cut at season's end, which begs the question, why would you do it? So it's just odd, right? It's really odd, but he's really, really betting on himself. If he has a monster year, I guess he's thinking he could get something in the line of what Jerome Baker got. And I don't think that that's crazy because he is only 29. He's not 
you know, pushing 35 or 34. You know, he still has a good three years in the NFL. You know, it's hard for me to imagine him jumping back up to making sort of Jerome Baker money or something like that after, you know, guys, when, when you go from, you know, sizable contract to being, I mean, this was sort of basically sort of a shakedown, um, you know, having to accept low money. I don't know that you get back up there. And mm. so it is, it is, um, I don't, it's a little bit like cold water being thrown on you uh, because it, it kind of shows, I always believe that the money shows a lot of what you're, what the team is thinking about a guy. And with that money, the team is not thinking all that highly of him. Like they, they traded out Shaq, um, Shaq Lawson, uh, for him and I think that this is a good indicator that they don't really they don't really value him as much as maybe we would like them to mm. um, or so so what are we going to see on the field what roles are we going to see him play out there yeah. um, and when might he come off the field you know so yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that we're, we're probably selling on ourselves on 2018 Bernardrick McKinney and if we yeah. get that guy, you know, man, did we hit on those three yeah. million dollars, right? But I guess same with Same with Yeah, it feels like they like a sort of a, a veteran loan deal for a year. You, know, you look mm. at Van Noy, McKinney now this year. You know, for for a kind of starting caliber linebacker. Um, we'll have to see how it plays out. Let's get to the secondary because obviously, you know, it, it's been the one thing that's made national news all week. And I suppose you know we may as well just kick off with the biggest topic of them all really when it concerns the Dolphins and that is Alf of course um, has Trill Williams changed his number <laughs> not much action today not many snaps I was interested in seeing him today because he's wearing 51 from... mate yeah no no he's wearing something else like uh, there was is some there... I, yeah Isaiah Ford is now wearing 20 well, that's okay. ludicrous <laughs> all right so... so wait Trill Williams changed his number yeah he changed his number today he changed his number yeah. he's no longer wearing 51 Brilliant so, news. In well, fact, look, I have, I have. That's the, the news of the day. I have that the official. The I have the official breakdown here. No, they still have him at fifty-one. Oh, he was not wearing Alf, fifty-one, mate. Alf. You build us up and then you knock Ugh. us the fuck down. Yeah, but that's a, this, that's I'm a mistake. Crushed. The official roster is a mistake because I saw I was standing right next to all of the defensive backs, and there was a couple of like weird numbers in there, but there was no fifty-ones. So maybe he wasn't practicing. Maybe, but we'll maybe see. because of his number, some coach just like grabbed him and threw and him threw him over, with the linebackers. The linebackers and just and he <laughs> just, wait, he before just didn't, we move he didn't on speak to, up because he's new. Before we move on to Xavier Howard, because I think we're gonna have a lot to say on it. Uh, a couple of guys, Hunter Long. Like if you knew nothing about this tight end group and you just looked at all of them in one group, you would have said, okay, so that's the starter right there. That uh, that number eighty, Hunter Long. And you'll go, uh, no, he's the guy that they drafted in the third round. Yeah. We've said he this a few good. times, haven't we? He is going to end up being an absolute stud muffin. And none of us had anything us. to say about him. No. <laughs> the draft. And, and no. one last guy before we move on to Xavier Howard. Who the hell is Michael Pilardi? Because he's pretty good. He's the Panthers punter, isn't he? Yes, he's now the punter. punter. Now from the punter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know who I'm the hell a, he he's was. He's a punter's punter. But uh, if there is such a thing as a guy being in the zone today, it was him. A punter? Yes. Yeah. All his directional punts, perfect. Hang time, perfect. 
allowing no returns. He was. I noticed the. Um, I noticed the. I noticed the beat reporters aren't talking about that, are they? No, uh, I guess not. Uh, you know, I wonder. I wonder if when they can the choose punter, their battles, when the punter is in the zone, does he have eye of the tiger running through his head, like as, so. as he's taking the snap and and kicking it? Like, is that he's just really intense? Let's hope so. Oh, hopefully. Yeah. Um, so, Xavier and Howard, obviously, uh, Ian Rappaport reported this evening that at least two playoff teams had contacted the Dolphins today with possible trade scenarios. No news on what those scenarios were. No news on who those teams were. But, you know, you kind of figure that, you know, New Orleans, Dallas, although Dallas didn't go to the playoffs, did they? So it wouldn't be Dallas. So ignore that. Um, but there are clearly, obviously, Arizona. There was talk about a potential swap deal for Chandler Jones, which to me doesn't make a lot of sense when you consider that Chandler Jones is 31, has only one year left on his contract, and only played five games last year because he tore um, a, a bicep muscle. Um, but obviously would, would be reunited with um, with Brian Flores. And actually, it's probably a Hall of Fame defender. When you look at his... Um, he's probably the most underrated Hall of Fame defender I can think of in the past sort of 25 years when you look at the numbers because they are astonishing. Yes, um, and a year and a half ago, 19 sacks. Yeah, I mean... Uh, and defensive I mean, get, player of the year candidate. Yeah, I mean, which has been pretty much every year for the last, apart from last year, like I said, with the injuries. I mean, just look at the numbers, just pulling them up now, which is why I'm filling slightly. But 19 and a half, 13, 19 sacks, 13 sacks, 17 sacks, 11 12 and a half, six, 11 and a half since 2013. I mean, that's pretty astonishing. I mean, he's got 97 career sacks since 20 or 97 sacks since 2012, which is, you know, it's fairly good going. I mean, he had, he had 17 sacks and 28 tackles for a loss in 2017. But, you know, he's going to want a monster final contract, really, when you look at his age and you know, what is he, 31? He's going to want at least paying. He's, he's going to turn 32. Um, and, well, this year, I think. Some, no, February. Around. February. Oh, it's February. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know that's out there, but obviously Howard turned up. He's professional um, to a degree. I, I thought his Instagram post last night was was strange, uh, and I felt like he was veering into my dog at my homework kind of territory when he said he didn't really understand what he was signing. And you know, let's not make out that Demarius Bilba, Bilba, who was his agent, Jarvis Landry's agent, is a mug. You know, you might not like the job that he did. But to sit there and say you didn't really understand how the contract was working. The Marius Bilbo, in case people don't know, because I know a lot of people were really confused. He's with Clutch Sports right now, which is the largest, besides CAA, the largest sports agency in the world. So, yes, he is, like you said, he is no mug. He is highly respected, a very highly respected agent. So, you know, you I know what's confusing about that? Fooling. I doubt he was just fooling Xavier Howard into just signing that deal. I mean, he's treating it. He's treating it like you know when Ricky Williams hired Master P and <laughs> and Master P negotiated a, a a really unorthodox contract for Ricky Williams' rookie contract uh, with the Saints, and it was just like full of all these weird incentives and escalators that nobody had ever seen before, and um and like you know obviously everybody knew that this was unorthodox and this was a bad idea and you know ricky didn't seem to know and and master p certainly didn't seem to know but mm. but this this deal was not lat <laughs> this this deal like demarius bilbo is uh is is with a reputable agency and uh and the deal seemed fairly standard um you know so i 
I don't get it. I don't get the excuse making there. No, I don't either. What, what, how do we think this is going to play out? It seems like from some of the reports that, <clears throat> excuse me, from some of the reports that he wants sort of 16 million um, in guaranteed money added to his contract, sort of 4 million a year over the next four years. That doesn't seem too beyond the realms of possibility. Now, whether or not that comes in one lump sum or actually the Dolphins play it smart and give him 4 million per um but where are we fit? Because a lot of this goes away. You know, we've seen it happen with Aaron Rodgers in the last, you know, 24 hours. A lot of this goes away very quickly if Xavier Howard gets what he wants. And he talks about, you know, being a business and he doesn't feel loved and those sorts of things. And, you know, he felt pretty loved to the tune of what, $87 million or whatever it was, that contract that he signed to making the richest cornerback in NFL history. So, you know, I mean, there's love and there's love, right? I mean, yeah. wh- where do we feel like this is going to end up? Is Xavier Howard going to be uh, a starting Miami Dolphin corner? Are they going to trade him? And if they do trade him, what's the trade value on a 28-year-old corner bullhawk for, you know, a Kansas City Chiefs, for example? I mean, are we looking at a first-round pick plus a player? Are we looking at two first-round picks? Where, where do we feel it'll end up? Well, I think that they have to get premium one thing you cannot do is fire sale him because it just seems like a panic trade guy is under contract for four more years he doesn't have much leverage now what's his leverage he could pout he could consider he could make himself a pain in the ass i think caving on the guarantees in the short term probably fixes that so i think that that's where i think they should go where they should not go is selling him off for you know substandard compensation like if the chiefs give you a first round pick it sounds good on paper they're giving you the maybe the last pick in the first round Mm. is it really that good it it also felt as though he gave away quite a significant part of his leverage when he said i'm only here because i don't get fined yes you know you've kind of just (laughs) evaporated your own uh your own milk there buddy because yes if if he's you don't want to find 50 grand a day then you're going to play regardless. Yeah, and, and if he you're also still under contract for three more years. Yeah, and he also said, "I'm a professional. If you're a professional, then I guess you could play this year, and we'll talk about your contract in February." You know, so there's many ways this can go. But this can go one way that cannot, I don't he cannot want it afford. To he can't afford. He can't afford to shorten to to act like a you know, act like a jerk and, and not not try very hard and and stuff like that. He is too old right now. Yeah to 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 afford be able to afford that i mean think about it this way the miami dolphins won't guarantee more money the the money that he's asked for for a reason um so at some point they could find themselves just saying that hey buddy your salary is just not your worth anymore and then cutting him uh and if that were to happen and he just came off of a year where he kind of you know phoned it in and, uh, and now he's 29, you know, going on 30. What, what do you think that next contract is going to be? You know, it's not even going to be as big as what, you know, it's not going to be as big as what he's giving up right now, like what, what the Dolphins have him on. So I think he can't, he can't afford to follow through on his, um, on anything, any kind of threat. I mean, just like he couldn't afford to hold out of camp. So he's going to go, he's going to show up, he's going to show up in games and he's going to play the best he can. You know, that's that's just what he has to do. He's also only played two complete seasons Mm -hmm. 
yeah. as a Miami Dolphin. Yeah, he's yeah, Barry Jackson, Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Like, you know, I'm not going to call him a Barry Jackson, Miami Dolphins writer, although Chris Kaufman is a Miami Dolphins podcaster. But Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald wrote a pretty extensive piece on the Larry Mutunsel trade. And he talks about how Chris Greer had told everybody, there's no way in hell I am trading Larry Mutunsel unless I could get a ridiculous haul for him. Well, he got a ridiculous haul for him. I think that should be the same attitude they should take with a guy who just matured one of five years of a new extension. It's just, it's just not right. What he's doing is not right. Now, do you want to cave and give him some more guarantees? I'm all for that. But trading him and making him happy and trading him to Kansas City or, or Dallas or New Orleans for, you know, for something less than what is premium, no, not for me, and it shouldn't be for this organization either. We've only got three and a half minutes of our Zoom chat left, so uh, I just want some yes or no answers. Uh, will Xavier Howard, uh, will the Dolphins cave and give Xavier Howard more money or a new contract, yes or no? Yes. Chris? I think I think they might they might have a small edit. Yes. Will Xavier Howard uh, be starting for the Miami Dolphins come week one of the new season? Yes. Yes. Chris, uh, Alf, what are you looking forward to for the rest of the week in training camp, and what are you expecting to see? Well, today was you know mostly install, and it was, for lack of a better word, kind of boring. Like I want to see a little bit more of the offense. And what they're installing for Jalen Waddle and Will Fuller if he's healthy and out there, and of course I want to see what's going on with Devontae Parker. Is it an injury or did he fail his conditioning tests too? And also I want to see upward mobility for Solomon Kinley, Liam Eikenberg. Uh, they're both being asked to earn their jobs, which is not a bad thing, but you like to see him earn it, right? Yeah, of course. So the answer to my final question is either small, medium, or large. Okay, small, medium, or large. In fact. Small, medium, large, or gargantuan. Let's go with that as a fourth option. And the question is, how much sand will the Miami Dolphins beat writers get in their vaginas over tour over the next few days in camp? Is that small, medium, large, or gargantuan amounts of sand? Uh, gargantuan, I would say. Because the, 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 the Twitter sphere is beginning to catch on a little bit, I would say. You know, Chris? it's incessant. It's incessant. You know, let's face it. Yeah, um, gargantuan. Uh, <laughs> more, more, more sand than any beach I know. So, <laughs> more sand than any you know, beach. It's that just, night. it's just, it's just. Uh, you know, it's just odd because the guy gets up there. The guy's a Boy Scout, Simon. He's a, yeah. he's a dream. He, you know, he talks to everybody. He answers everybody's question in depth. And then, of course, you know, you go online and it's non- nonstop hatred. Yeah, but it's not really the story. I mean, the, the, the receivers are the story. You know, yeah. the, whether the offensive line comes along is the story. I just, you know, wait until he's actually the story. That's all I keep saying. Yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, Steve, for listening. We shall be back next week. Don't forget Only Thins, which is where you can catch up on all sorts of chat as we build up to the start of the season. Thanks for joining us. Thanks to our sponsors. And we shall see you next week. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. 
But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.